Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Great day to be outdoors doing anything today. Warm, comfortable. Steve Carney joins us. Steve Carney, outdoors.com. And Steve, let's start with the Ducks. What's going on? Well, good afternoon, Steve. Um, I think the Ducks are vacationing somewhere. I'm thinking maybe... uh, south carolina or new mexico it's uh been a tough go it's just been so darn warm we had a little push last week of some divers redheads and a few canvas backs and ring bills but the, the major push is just not happening yet i w- was on the phone with a few of my cronies up in the north dakota canadian border there's still a lot of birds up there so the best duck hunting is going to be coming and i'm kind of looking at the Long-term weather, it's going to be really, really nice for four, five, six days, and then it's going to change. So I think that's going to be um, probably about the right timing, right around the firearms deer opener, which is next weekend. So um, what do you want to do? Do you want to be in a, a stand for deer, or do you want to be out shooting ducks? Kind of tough call. Yeah, and it is one of those uh, water at a premium. I don't know about your neck of the woods up in the northwest, but... It's so dry here in the Twin Cities. It, it's, uh, it's a drought for sure. Yeah, I had a tough time launching the boat today. By the way, what a beautiful day on the water. It was like 64 degrees and just gorgeous and fish are biting well. But I'll tell you, some of these areas are really tough to get in and these accesses. And a lot of the docks, you know, the DNR has been pulling docks the last week now. So your favorite lake may not have a dock there. So it's a little bit, you know, dicey getting in there. You've got to use hip boots and uh, be creative. You can still get in there, but it's not as convenient. But, you know, a lot of people, I think, kind of hung it up when we had that cold spell a couple of weeks ago and uh, a little premature because the fishing is really good right now. And so I do a little bit of, of both. I go out and do some fishing, and I'm scouting ducks at the same time. So it's kind of a two-pronged deal for me. So um yeah i'm enjoying the weather but oh i'd sure love some good cold stuff i don't know about you um i'm not not. that excited about the cold stuff (laughs) i i uh i i I, i'm fine right i'm i'm in a good spot right now but the bummer is uh boats gone docks out uh now that i think about it bring on the cold stuff I, i i can't uh i can't be out on the river anyway um hey steve i i did want to bring up uh what what you're seeing out there with the bow and arrow in the woods, uh, your deer hunt this fall, give us an update there. 
Well, as we've talked, I've been lamenting about a tough season it's been. I've been out 22 times, and oh. I've seen three deer, and that's ridiculous. I did uh, tag a doe last night, finally, and I'm patting myself on the back because I've never worked harder in a bow season as I have this year. But I'm seeing scrapes now. There's a little bit of chasing going on, and these deer are going to be really going this next week. This is going to be the beginning of the rut, which is always around Halloween. And we've got the firearms deer opener next weekend, so they're going to be really on their feet this next week and then probably the week after. So really the best bow hunting now is happening now, and it really doesn't matter how warm it is or how cold it is. Uh, these bucks are going to be on their feet running around, and uh, it doesn't matter. You know, I used to think that maybe the weather affected it, but when, they, when that rut kicks in, they're going. So it's uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Hopefully I can find a buck and um, looking forward to it, but I want to get it done before the gun guys get out there next weekend because that uh, changes everything, and a lot of those deer become nocturnal after the first weekend of the firearm season. It can be very difficult after that, and takes them a long time to kind of settle down so hoping to get that buck this week and i think a lot of bull hunters are thinking the same thing but uh steve back to the fishing uh mild stable weather through the end of next week the way it looks there is a chance of rain moving in looks like it'll cool down a bit on friday but uh it, it's got to be ideal i mean right now if you're out trying to catch fish on a day like today boy it is nice well, as we've talked about over the years, Steve, you know, having, you know, consistent weather is very important no matter what time of the year. And I see this stretch now for five or six days of 60s, possibly 70s. That just gets them going more and more. They're putting the feed bag on for winter. And um, November can be really awesome. If you can get some decent weather in the first two weeks, it's probably some of the best fishing of the year. So uh, the crappies right now are just insane. They're just going so well they're up super shallow right on top of the weeds we caught a lot of 12s and 13s today walleyes a little bit more elusive but not impossible walleyes have been running very well the last couple hours of the evening which is typical of the fall but we love this consistent weather and and as soon as it changes uh everything changes so yeah everything isn't amazing how weather is um, predicated on, you know, how success is in the field and the outdoors. The weather is everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it is so dry. It is very rare that I'll go out in the yard. I, I have some younger, smaller trees, the, the, the big ones that have been around for years, not as worried about. But uh, I actually dragged the hose out today and put some water down, you know, talking to some folks that know a whole lot more than me say, yeah, you know, especially on that, that younger stuff, you, you want to water it in real good because it has been uh, so dry. So a piece of advice, if if you've got uh, young, young trees or shrubs in your landscape, put some water down because it is dry. Now, like I say, other parts of the state vary. They've had some more rain. But here in the greater Twin Cities area, uh, it is bone dry right now. Yeah, this drought is really affecting the pheasant hunting, too. It's so dry in the field. There's so much dust that the dogs are having a real tough time picking up scent, and I've been hearing that all over. It's just they're just breathing all this dust, and they just can't pick up any scent. So any type of rain, anything, uh, we'd be just happy to see that. So, you know, it's weird. You know, last winter was probably the the worst winter I've ever lived through, and we had just 
tons of snow and it kind of replenished the lakes and the sloughs and now with this drought everything's back to where we were before so yeah we need rain we need snow but i think we'll get snow i don't know about rain yeah all right steve uh always good uh once again uh you're gonna probably be out in the blind again trying to get that trophy buck i'm going out uh, in 15 minutes steve gonna go try for two deer in two days we'll have to see I- i'm due to turn this thing around a little bit so uh Looking forward to it. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com, taking care. Take care, Steve. All right, we've been visiting with him about the great outdoors for years here on the weekends. News Talk, A3OWCCO. Big women's hockey showdown this weekend in the WCHA, Minnesota and Ohio State. Gophers were up 2-0 early, then 3-1, now 3-3, Minnesota and Ohio State. Meanwhile, the Golden Gopher men, they uh, they had a struggle uh, last night. Didn't play very well. And they'll try and get back at it uh, again. Minnesota and Wisconsin uh, in uh, men's hockey. Uh, once again, uh, the Badgers got the better of it uh, last night. Or, or excuse me, uh, Ohio State. Got the better of it 6-4 to four last night after a great weekend uh, against North Dakota where they uh, won one in overtime and then got beaten overtime. They lose 6-4 to Ohio State. Uh, same two teams in Columbus uh, today. And then uh, they returned to 3M Arena at Mariucci in early November to take on uh, Notre Dame. So Golden Gopher for men's hockey, 4-3 and three overall. Uh, 0-2 away from home, 4-1 on home ice. Speaking of the U, Big Ten football, uh, the the Golden Gophers leading Rutgers as that game moves into quarter number four. Now 21-0, Minnesota at home against Rutgers today. And we'll have more college football scores coming up later on. Game two of the World Series tonight. Uh, Terrific game one last night. And the Philadelphia Phillies, a wild card. They sneak into the playoffs. And they win game one of the World Series on Friday night. Got home from that football game, caught the end of it. Uh, It was a dandy. Phillies win it 6-5 in 10 innings last night. Same two teams tonight at Minute Maid. Uh, Wheeler against Valdez. First pitch at 7-0-3 our time. Uh, The Phillies... Fired their manager, Joe Girardi, earlier in the season. And now they're three wins away from a World Series championship. How about that? It is 416 here at News Talk. E3OWCCO. The 22-23 season got off to a tough start, to say the very least, for the Minnesota Wild. Well, they've righted the ship on the road of all places and Dane Mizutani covers uh, the Wild for the Pioneer Press. Uh, and he joins Henry Lake on the Lake Show uh, from time to time. Good enough to join us today. And it'll be the Wild and the Red Wings uh, next on the road trip. And, uh, Dane, good to visit with you. I hope all is well. Yeah, everything's good. I hope you're doing well, too, Steve. Yeah, and uh, they have righted the ship. That That was just a dreadful start jaw-dropping 20 goals in the first three games. Uh, they, they had to be looking around the room. I know Wild fans were in straight-up panic mode, but uh, they got back at it and, and have played a whole lot better. And 
uh, are, are on a bit of a roll now. Yeah, every, everything you're saying is right. Like the first three games couldn't have gone worse. Uh, they couldn't stop a puck. They were playing terribly in their own zone. Uh, just not like the team that we've seen kind of consistently over the past, you know, few seasons. Um, and they've really gotten back to that game over the past four. Now they have points in four straight games. They've really started to lock down in their own zone. Um, you're seeing, you know, obviously Mark Andre Fleury has, has stood on his head and, and rose to the occasion time and time again, uh, you know, on this four game point streak. Uh, they're hoping to make it five tonight, but it will be Philip Gustafson in net. Uh, Fleury's getting the night off. I expect him tomorrow. You know, kind of the front end of a back-to-back, back end of a back-to-back. While they're going Gustafson today, they'll probably go Flurry tomorrow. So, be interested to see how Philip Gustafson responds. He had a little rough outing um, in his only other start of the season. So, certainly a, a good rebound for the Wild after a, a rough start, like you were saying. Yeah, and Dane, you, you, you see this team day in, day out, spend a lot of time around the club. Um, getting it cleaned up on the blue line had to be job one. I mean, whoever was in goal, they were just hanging Florian Gustafson out to dry. I mean, I, I don't care who the goaltender is, you got no chance when, when your blue line's playing the way they did out of the gate. Yeah, there was just far too many, you know, grade-A opportunities right in front of, you know, oh. the, the crease or in the slot and just nobody in front. Um, you're right. These, these players are too good in the NHL. Uh, if you give them free lanes to shoot in like the Wild are doing or, or leave guys unmarked like the Wild are doing, um, they're going to make you pay. And uh, that's something the Wild have, have drastically improved upon over the past week and a half. And you know, it's no surprise that they're, they're back to playing like themselves and, and they have points in four straight. Yeah, and they were saying the right things. Dean Evison, uh, beyond that, uh, Bill Guerin. I, I, I think there was anger and frustration, and I'm sure behind closed doors there there are plenty of words for these guys, and uh, they 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 picked it up considerably, and they they still have terrific scoring punch. So the idea is if Mark Andre Fleury can play like a first ballot Hall of Famer this season and they play reasonably well on defense, this is a team that should have a chance and should be in the postseason. Yeah, I think so. And I think that was uh, – Ian Everson made a pretty good point this morning. Like, yes, this team it can score, but for the first three games of the, of the year, it kind of was like they that was what they were trying to do at all times. They were trying to almost play a game that is not suited for them in, in, in terms of having success. And I, and I, I say that, but what I mean is the Wild – in this, like this iteration of the Wild, this version of the Wild, has long found success by focusing on defense first and then trying to transition to offense from there. Uh, it almost seemed like the Wild were, were, were going for goals early on, and um, it, it wasn't a surprise in that sense that, that they were kind of hemorrhaging goals So on, on the other end. So you're right. Um, the team does have a scoring punch, but they still have an identity that's being gritty and being hard to play against, defending hard in their own zone, um, and they're getting back to that. And I, I think you will see the scoring kind of follow because because they're doing everything correctly in their own zone. Their marquee player, Kirill Kaprizov, is a guy that will play on both ends of the ice and isn't afraid to take the body. So uh, he is generally a guy who is responsible on both ends. Yeah, he, he's, he's someone who's he's just such a complete player. Um, he does things that dazzle every single night. Um, looks like he's honestly playing a different game out there. Uh, when he has the puck on his stick, but you're right. Um, he defends his butt off. He, he's someone who takes pride in that that area of the game, and 
Uh, he wasn't too good in the first three games either, and, and, and that was something him and even Matt Zuccarello said, you know, we're taking too many minuses. It's, it's, it's not good enough in our zone. So, yeah, he's a special player, Kirill Kaprizov, but, but he also takes, takes a lot of pride in, in the defensive side of the puck. Damian Zutani joining us here on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, a long homestand followed by a long road trip. I, I know it all evens out, but a- after that homestand, um, it, it, it felt like this was a club that needed to get away. And you hear that at times, particularly in the NHL, where it's like, okay, it was a long training camp, and uh, we, we struggled out of the gate. We didn't play generally well at home. Um, it can't help to get on the road bond a little bit, uh, and, uh, and you're seeing that up close. Yeah, I think so. I think anytime, you know, just it's kind of a double-edged sword being on the road. Like sometimes it can be like great when it's going great. And sometimes it can feel like a grind when it's, when it's going poorly. Um, but I think this road trip uh, came at a good time. You know, they obviously notched a win over Vancouver before leaving for the road trip. So I think right. everyone was a little bit looser. Um, and then I think when you get on the road, you can kind of just focus on the games and, you know, the camaraderie within the team. I think that does make a, make a difference. And I think you're right. You're seeing that right now with, with how the Wild is playing. All right. Uh, a couple of games at home and then they uh, head out West and uh, uh, a chance to uh, see the LA Kings. Uh, I, I don't think it's Staples Center anymore. Crypto, whatever. Um, and, and that's kind of a cool trip as well. When you're in SoCal, they get the Kings and the Ducks. On that next tr- next trip, uh, they play the Kings on Election Day, as a matter of fact, uh, a week from Tuesday. Uh, Dane, good to visit with you. Once again, uh, Wild and Red Wings tonight at Little Caesars Arena. <coughs> I almost said Joe Louis Arena, but that that's in the rearview mirror. What about this new building uh, where the Red Wings play and the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, it's an awesome building. Uh, one of the best in the league. Just uh Top top notch. Um, everything about it feels like a palace when you're walking around, and, and I don't know, it's just uh, it's a joy to be there. But nothing like the Joe too. So um, a little a little bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The the Joe. I know the Pistons are happy to be uh, out of the palace, way out in Auburn Hills. I remember uh, being in Detroit for a Golden Gopher basketball game, and and we took a road trip to see the Pistons at home. Flip Saunders was coaching the Pistons at the time. It was a haul out to the Palace in Auburn Hills. I mean, it it was like driving from downtown Minneapolis to St. Cloud. It was way. I mean, maybe not that far, but it felt like it. It was a long haul out to the Palace yeah. in Auburn Hills. But they now share that building in downtown Detroit. All right, Dane, good to visit with you. Appreciate your coverage of the Wild in the Pioneer Press. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Anytime. All right, there he is, Dane Mizutani, and you hear him from time to time with Henry Lake on the Lake Show here on News Talk, E3OWCC. And by the way, Dane, uh, online as well, TwinCities.com, the Wild and Red Wings tonight, and 3-3-1. Three, three and one. and I, I don't think teams are ever as bad as they appear or when they're on a roll is as good as they appear. It, it's nice, though, that the Wild have kind of righted the ship and, and steadied it going forward. The reality for the Wild is this. They have salary cap challenges. And in a strict salary cap league, that is a big deal over the long haul. They have a veteran goaltender. They have an unproven backup. 
They have a youngster down in the minor leagues that's probably not ready for the NHL. So there's the goaltending picture. As long as Fleury plays well and stays healthy, they'll be fine. As long as they mind their P's and Q's defensively and protect the goaltenders a bit, they should be fine. And they have enough scoring punch to be competitive. In reality, is it a team that can put their name on the Stanley Cup? Probably not, but they can have a good season and probably get into the playoffs and maybe win a series. Are are they on par in the division with the Colorado Avalanche? No, in reality. And until they get out from under the salary caps constraints, particularly the Parisi Suter contracts, the while they're going to be in this zone where, hey, being competitive, being a playoff team, probably good enough. But are they stand in reality Stanley Cup contenders? No, they're not. Four thirty-one. We'll have the weather in a moment. College football final gets started. Jonathan Lowe will be in. He'll keep us up to date on the Big Ten and Top Twenty-five. And then we'll start getting you some game reports. All the games are final in the Northern Sun today. All the games have gone final in the MIAC. We'll get that going in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. College football final underway on this Saturday. The last Saturday of October already, just two weeks to go in the MIAC regular season. A couple of weeks to go in the Northern Sun couple of weeks to go in the WIAC. Big games all over. Let's get you the scores right now. And we'll have game reports between now and 6 o'clock here on News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Let's start in the Northern Sun. Mary Winshead, Concordia, St. Paul, 23-13. Josh Deer uh, sent us a game report. We'll have that later on. Minnesota Duluth beat Minot State in Duluth today, 51-7. to the play-by-play voice of the Bulldogs, Jeff Papas, sent us a game report. We'll have that later on as well. Northern State beat MSU Moorhead in Aberdeen, 35-7. Minnesota State beat Sioux Falls, 38-24. The Mavericks have really had the Cougars number. We hope to get a game report on that one. Bemidji State beat Southwest Minnesota State, 34-15. The Beavers stay on a roll. And the voice of the Beavers, Kevin Reed, I said he'd give us a call at about 5.30 today. He's on the road home, but uh, they'll take a pit stop uh, here at about 5.30 or so. 
we'll, we'll hold them to it. Wayton State beat Upper Iowa 56-14. to And Winona State beat Augustana in Winona 24-7. The Warriors, another big victory. In the MIAC today, Bethel wins at home beating St. Olaf 38-17. Gustavo is down Carlton 28-9. Augsburg in a good one beat Concordia 38-35. We hope Don Stoner has time for a report on a thrilling Augie victory. McAllister beat Hamlin 33-20. I think the Scots win the old paint bucket in that one. And St. John's wins at St. Scholastica in Duluth 56-6. And over in the WIAC, huge games. Whitewater beat River Falls 30-27 to today. That was a huge showdown. Another big one, Lacrosse beat Oshkosh 38-35 to keep their title hopes alive. It was stopped beating Platteville 24-22, and Eau Claire beat Stevens Point. 48-26. You're up to date on the scoreboard. Oh, the, by the way, uh, St. Thomas got a win today over San Diego. Jonathan Lowe will have that. He'll also have uh, the Missouri Valley scoreboard. But right now, let's get the Big Ten. Let's get the top 25. And once again, here is Jonathan Lowe. Good afternoon, Mr. Thompson. Good afternoon, Upper Midwest. It has been a dry, as Steve said, it's been a dry few weeks here in the Upper Midwest, but that doesn't matter. We don't care about that because it's glorious, it's sunny, it's sun-filled, it's bright. And that means it's just a one, another, another glorious chance to say it's another Saturday in the fall, y'all. College football here, there, and everywhere as we get it rolling in the Big Ten. Down the street at Huntington Bank Stadium, it has been all Gophers all the time today. Minnesota is about there 45 seconds away from closing out Rutgers, 31 to nothing the score, and the Gophers are going to go to 5-3 and three on the season and get a much-needed win after the last couple of losses that they've taken. Uh, not, not been a great stretch run for the Gophers, losing to Purdue, losing to Illinois. Uh, so we are going to see, and losing to Ohio State, so that three-game losing streak is, streak is going to be snapped as it is an Instead update final over at Huntington Bank. Other scores, it is early in the third quarter in Lincoln, Illinois leading Nebraska 20 to 9, the 17th ranked Illini 6 and 1 on the season, looking to stay atop the Big 10 West. It is mid-third quarter in Iowa City and the 3 and 4 Hawkeyes are up 20 to 7 on the 1 and 6 Northwestern Wildcats Northwestern in line to lose their 7th game in a row. A little bit earlier today, there was a big showdown in Happy Valley. Uh, a stripe out, as they say. Penn State, number 13 versus number 2 Ohio State, and it was close. Penn State was ahead in the fourth quarter, 21-16. to Then Ohio State got rolling on both offense and defense. They scored 28 points in the fourth quarter alone. The Buckeyes now 8-0, 44-31. They defeat the Nittany Lions as now Ohio State is basically clear the rest of the way for the most part until they face Michigan down the road. Speaking of the number 4 Wolverines, they'll be in action later tonight as they host, well, you know, they'd probably say little brother. The guys in East Lansing would probably say, uh, you know, they're the big brother. But it's going to be Michigan State, number 4 Michigan in Ann Arbor coming up 6.30 this evening. To the top 25 scoreboard, number 20 Cincinnati. They had a tough time last week trying to pull away in their win. They're having a tough time this week. It's early third quarter. They are losing in Orlando to Central Florida 10-6. to At the half in Jacksonville, there's a game, there's drinks, 
involved. Drinks used to be in the name. People still want to call it that. You know, drinks are involved. No, in all- I, I'm going to call it that. The cocktail the party. largest outdale, outdoor cocktail party. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was getting yeah. permission. I was waiting to get permission from you, Steve, to say that. Is it's world's, okay. World's it's largest okay. outdoor cocktail party. And number one, Georgia is taking it to Florida. 28-3, to the dogs leading at the half. It is in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. This is a shocker today. Early third quarter, number twenty-two Kansas State, five and two on the season, no slouch. They host; they're hosting number nine Oklahoma State, and the Wildcats are putting it to the Cowboys, thirty-five to nothing. Early in the third, Kansas State looking to get to six and two on the year and drop Oklahoma State to six and two. That'll be a big. Uh, that'll be something big for TCU, as we'll talk about in just a moment. Number eight, Oregon. They are on the road in Berkeley taking on Cal. It is twenty-eight, uh, twenty-eight, ten Ducks early in the third quarter. Number 10, Wake Forest, is trailing on the road at Louisville 20-14. to That has just kicked off third quarter action. Number 25, South Carolina, losing at home at the half to Mizzou. M-I-Z-Z-Z-O-U, baby. 17-7 at the half in the South Carolina Columbia. Battle of the Columbias there. Finals from earlier today, number 16, Syracuse. They were... Uh, they lost last week in a close one, probably should have won against Clemson, and then they come home to face Notre Dame, who's starting to improve. They're getting better and better. Notre Dame takes on those Clemson Tigers next week, and this week they went to the Syracuse Dome, the former Carrier Dome, and they beat the Orange 41-24. to That's two losses in a row for the Qs. Number 7, TCU, we talked about them earlier. They were on the road in Morgantown taking on West Virginia. Had a back-and-forth tussle, but pulled away in the second half to win 41-31. The Horn Frogs now 8-0 on the season, and if Oklahoma State loses, they'll have a two-game advantage with a victory over OK State a big, big push for TCU to win the conference outright. Coming up later on tonight, a big one in the SEC on Rocky Top. Number three, Tennessee, will host number 19, Kentucky. This is Tennessee. Will it be a look-ahead game? Next week, Tennessee will take on Georgia in Athens. Also later on, number 10, USC, will be at Bear Down, taking on Arizona. Number 15, Ole Miss, will be in College Station to take on Texas A&M. Number 21, North Carolina, will be at home hosting Pitt. Number 12, UCLA. LA will be in at the Rose Bowl taking on Stanford. Uh, on Thursday night, two ranked teams played their games and with some very similar results. Number 24, NC State, was losing 21 to 3 to Virginia Tech at home, but they rallied to win in Raleigh. You see what I did there? Yeah. 22-21, the final. The Wolfpack get to 6-2 on the season. Number 14, Utah, was on the Palouse at Washington State. Tough place to play. It was a tough, well-fought game, and the Utes come out with a 21-17 win over the Cougars. The Utes also 6-2 on the season. To the Missouri Valley and FCS. N- number one in FCS, South Dakota State. They have a easy time right now with... Indiana State, they're at home winning 49-7 to at the end of the third quarter. Northern Iowa trying to get above 500 for the first time this season, I believe, for the first time this season. They're taking on Southern Illinois in Carbondale. The Salukis lead 35-31 early fourth quarter. North Dakota State trying to hang in that race for the Missouri Valley. They're hosting Illinois State in a big showdown. It's at the end of three at the Fargo Dome. 17-7, the Bison on top of the Cardinals. 
I'm sorry, on top of, on top of the Redbirds. Uh, at the half in Grand Forks, North Dakota has a 20-14 to 14 lead over Abilene Christian. North Dakota trying to get the 5-3 and three on the season. And earlier, South Dakota lost in Youngstown to the Penguins. Youngstown State wins 45-24. One other score, as Steve mentioned, St. Thomas, they are rolling, folks. Seven wins in a row. They went at home in O'Shaughnessy Stadium today, 49-42, and a wild one over San Diego. It was tied after the first, tied after the second, tied after the third. The Tommies got a little bit of control in the fourth and fought uh, held off the Toreros, Toreros to win again by seven forty nine to forty two seven and one on the season. Steve, that's that's a big record for the Tommies. That is, they they get it done. A Glenn can certainly coach football, and they're certainly able to recruit over there. And 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 you got to wonder what is in their plans. Uh, move eventually to the Missouri Valley Football Conference and. Take on the lakes of South Dakota State, North Dakota State. We'll, we'll see about that. Uh, but uh, for now, doing well in the Pioneer League. 12 minutes now in front of 5 o'clock. Quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we got some game reports lined up, and we'll get into those in a moment here on College Football Final on News Talk, E3OWCCO. College Football Final. Golden Gophers win today. No problem with Rutgers, 31-0. Don't think Rutgers should be in the Big Ten. It was a mistake. But it sure pays dividends when you've dropped three in a row. Purdue, Illinois, Penn State. You get Rutgers at home. Everybody feeling good. Uh, the Gophers 2-3 and three in the Big Ten. 5-3 and three overall. One win away from bowl eligibility. Minnesota rolls 31-0. Let's jump over to the Northern Sun. All the games are final. UMD at home. And the Bulldogs roll over Minot State. With the report, here's the voice of the Bulldogs, Jeff Papis. Well, Steve, here at Mulaski Stadium today, the UMD Bulldogs kept their national playoff hopes alive with a 51-7 thrashing of winless Minot State in NSIC play. UMD just six yards shy of 600 yards of total offense today, their first 300-yard passing game of the season split among three quarterbacks, also 290 yards on the ground for the Bulldogs today. Freshman Cameron Miller, a second-half substitute, went over the century mark. 17 carries for 117 yards and a touchdown today. Veteran Wade Sullivan out of Lakeville, 12 carries for 91 yards for UMD, which got 176 yards and three touchdowns from freshman quarterback Kyle Waldjasper. Nate Elms from Minnetonka, 4 of 8 for UMD in this game. And Logan Gretz out of River Falls threw a 55-yard touchdown pass for the Bulldogs today. But today belonged to Miller off the bench, 117 yards, as I mentioned, and an 11-yard touchdown run. UMD receiving star Armani Carmichael caught only two passes today, but both were touchdowns. This one on the first play of the second half broke the game wide open. And here is Wall Jasper to throw deep for Carmichael. Got him at the 45. Armani is gone. Touchdown UMD, 75 yards on the first play from scrimmage in the second half. UMD expands its lead to 36 to nothing. UMD held Minot to just 100 yards of total offense. Starting quarterback Dawson McClary, 9 of 18 for 99 yards. And Minot held to minus 22 yards of net rushing today. And only five first downs as Minot slips to 0-9 on the season. UMD is at Augustana next weekend in a battle that should mean something at the Kirkby Over Stadium in Sioux Falls. This is Jeff Papers reporting. All right, very good, Jeff. Outstanding job. Threw in a highlight as well. 
And let's go down to Marshall and Southwest Minnesota State. Kelly Loft checking in there with another Northern Sun game report. Bemidji State in town, and uh, looks like the Beavers take down the Mustangs today, Kelly. Yes, Steve, they did. And uh, I will tell you this much, I will not have a highlight from Mr. Ryan Rollick, <laughs> our voice of the Mustangs. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, Bemidji State today uh, who uh, came in with a 7-2 and two record, a uh, 6-2 and two record, and uh, two of those losses by a combined four points. Uh, proved why they're one of the best teams in the NSIC today with a 34-15 win over Southwest Minnesota State. The score was uh, 20 to seven late in the third quarter as the Mustangs Jesse Sherwood uh, scored on a 17-yard touchdown pass from John Romero to make the score 20 to seven. Sherwood, the native of Minneapolis, um, also reached over 1,000 yards rushing on the season during today's game. But the Beavers came back with a couple of scores in the fourth quarter to pull away and uh, build a 34 to seven lead. Big passing day by Brandon Alt. He was 25 of 38 passing for 359 yards and four touchdowns as the uh, uh, Alt, the uh, native of Cottage Grove, Minnesota, also found another Cottage Grove native in Brandon Ballou with 10, Bolio with 10 catches for 107 yards in the contest. And again, the Mustangs uh, suffering their fourth straight loss, had their third different starting quarterback in the game as uh, freshman John Romero made his first career start and uh, he completed 10 of 24 passes for two touchdowns. And again, Sherwood led the Mustangs offensively again, 90 yards rushing on 25 carries. And as I mentioned, Steve, reached the 1,000 mark in rushing yards in a single season, just the seventh Mustang player to reach that mark in school history. Again, the final score from Marshall, Bemidji State now 7-2. and They defeat Southwest Minnesota State, who drops to 4-5, and 34-15. All right, very good, Kelly. Thanks for the call. Kelly Loft, Southwest Minnesota State's been calling in on the program for a long, long time. We certainly do appreciate that. Kerry Clatt is our producer. We have much more. Another hour of college football final coming up after the news right here on News Talk, A3O-WCCO. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.